I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we review every adaptation of the X-Men ever, including when it's like bonkers fan fiction level <laughs> TV telling. I don't even know what I'm saying. Kurt's pirate myth. Ooh, Kurt's fairy boy. tale theater. I don't know what the hell this episode was. I We are watching Wolverine and the X-Men. We did think it was one of the greatest X-Men shows of all time. And now I don't know what it is anymore. This episode, everyone, is Excalibur. absolutely bonkers. And we are ready to go into the Mojoverse. Five episodes into this new Why series. Why are we going into the Mojoverse? Because it's time for the Mutant Vision TV show. Woo! Come on, it's time for Golden <laughs> Mutants. All right, this is a podcast and cue song. Go! Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the We are now doing the Mojoverse, which is absolutely absurd because we this is a brand new show. We and I'm just like, fucking started and we're introducing the entire Mojoverse. Why are we doing this? This is crazy. Let me say this. This episode feels like two episodes because there's a specific moment halfway through when the Mojoverse gets introduced. You know what I'm talking no, about. No, I know. Where I, the, sh- the other boat just shows up and it's a different episode suddenly. Okay. And the first half of the episode, if that was the whole episode, that would have been fine. They already had an A plot. They already had everything. I know. I don't know why they didn't just make that A plot the entire episode. This is, okay, I was like watching it spammy Maddie where I was like, yeah, he, okay. So he was then, sending me so many DMs and I was like, I will, because I, at first I was like, like, man, the beginning of this episode's pretty dark and like it fits it. And then I started, I was like, I'm like, Maddie, just so you know, somewhere like the eight minute mark, it takes a left turn. It just becomes something else entirely. And then I was not expecting it to get even more insane as it went along. And I was like, this is a lot for people to swallow for a new TV show if you don't know what the X-Men is. This is like, yeah, it's a problem. It is. I actually think this episode is a problem. I genuinely think this episode is not good for the show. No, and there's fun parts with Kurt that I really enjoy. Oh, I laughed my head off. (laughs) I enjoyed watching it. However, not a good move. Yeah, right? Like, I enjoyed the episode, but I was like, this is harmful to their universe because it's like, you're already trying to establish what this universe is, and then suddenly there's interdimensional dimensional aliens from a tv show world that's now trying to capture mutants and it's like hold on 
we haven't even managed them getting to Genosha yet because that's the only place they can go without being killed. Yeah. And now suddenly there's like aliens in here. Yeah. Like they they really needed to wait on this before they started introducing the Mojoverse. I know. This is like, this is a season two thing. Yeah. Which I know they didn't even get to, but maybe the reason they didn't get to it was because of episodes like this. <laughs> like, I mean, X-Men, the animated series like waited until like season two or three before they brought us yes. Mojo. And it was the right call because once we got there, we're like, oh yeah, we already know. It's a fun one-off i mean and it's something new you know like it's i don't know you're changing up the paradigm i mean also x-men tas waited a really long time before it even introduced aliens you know like it waited a while before things got interdimensional it basically waited until like the phoenix saga and then it had you know a lot of really silly episodes with corsair crashing a ship a thousand times and lalandra i mean then we had i think we had mojo somewhere in there right but like by then we were used to it we were like okay the world's been expanded we're talking about interdimensional interplanetary intergalactic battles we don't even know how this world completely works yet because like i think a big problem too is that if they wanted to put in season one i would have been like yeah i'm down for that but do it after we go to genosha because that's sort of the other piece like we the only genosha we've gotten was like them attacking magneto and they were like we're gonna go to genosha but we don't know how their society works yet yeah i don't know it's just it doesn't fit and this is the problem i my criticism i had about this tv show before we started watching it and i had been saying since we started doing this show the mutant ages where i was like when we get to wolverine the x-men it's good and there's stuff in it that i really like but it tries to cram too much in there to a point where it's very harmful to its own self. We're seeing it now. And it's kind of sad to me. Actually, this must be episode six, right? Am I wrong? That it was episode five. I think you're right. Also, I mean, this, this version of Kurt reminds me so much of X-Men Evolution. Kurt I know. Again, I feel like it's just him growing up. Well, I love I love all the original X-Men portrayed here. And I even like Pixie and some of the new kids that we get to know, like Squid Boy and Pixie. Yeah. They're adorable. That is like not the problem here. That's not the issue. It's like, why the fuck is Spiral here? Like, literally, why? It's funny because when it strikes, starts taking the left turn on this, this episode, it just keeps on pushing into that and it's like oh my god like what I couldn't keep track I was laughing so hard because like there's moments in this where Logan and Kitty are watching a video of Kurt running around the docks and they're like what the fuck are we even looking at like they they, and then like later on there's like another cutaway and Kitty's like okay but what the fuck's happening now and Logan and Beast are like I don't know like shrug like I it was really it's literally, funny. And then Logan and Beast and Kitty show up at the very end of the episode and they're like, sorry, we weren't here to help you with this insanity. And yeah. Kurt is like, yeah, I'm honestly still busy solving this. Like, <laughs> I don't need you guys. Yeah. And also, I'm kind of busy on my own show over here, like with its own entire plot line. <laughs> so you guys may as well leave. And they're like, OK, you're kind of right. I have to point out that Dazzler's in this episode. In the background, she doesn't use her powers or do anything at all or have any lines but she went on she is there she is there on this boat that they're all sneaking onto but she decided to wear all of her face paint onto the boat and i'm like what are you doing (laughs) i don't know i don't know there's so many characters in the background of this episode like why there truly are there's a guy who has the ability to shoot cum out of his hands and like i don't know okay i i dm'd you that vindaloo is his name by the way and he is a real character he's from the comics what the fuck okay i didn't i could you need to link me because i don't have a spotlight on him the spotlight would be two sentences because he was an adult character in the comics and he was an acolyte for like two seconds. Okay. And yep. his power was being able to shoot goo, but it like became 
electrified on contact with air. You know what? Did you I find found him? It. We did you find the- him? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I'll yeah, save yeah. it for the. Okay. So this episode, we're going to have a bunch of quick who's that X-Men. So Maddie, we need a very quick version of that thing where it goes, who's that X-Men every single time. So. <laughs> okay, great. I'll speed it up. <laughs> okay. okay. There are so many. Well, because there's so many cameos in this episode and it's like, why, Ryan? Why? And there are cameos of characters who never come back except for Shatter, who is in The Gifted. So I didn't do anything for him on this. So Okay, that's fine. Oh, look, he's barely in the episode because everyone's barely in the episode because there's like 32 people in it. I don't it's know. insane. Okay, so previously on the X-Men, the things that you need to Nothing know for matters. this... The thing Nothing that matters. Nothing matters at all. No, what does matter is that, we, as we know, the world that they live in is horrible and mutants are being hunted in the streets, literally. The last True. episode, Magma True. was chased... By tanks. Yes, yeah, Magma was chased into a city so people could see her be attacked and then she would fight back and then it could be like look how bad mutants are and senator mm-hmm. kelly is trying to literally kill mutants with the registration act and with the sentinel program and so there is one country where mutants are safe and that is genosha and magneto is trying to get all the mutants to move to genosha but there's no easy way to get there unless you're a teleporter so the way that people have been going there and we've seen this in the past because kitty was thinking about going there um is by getting onto a boat that is illegally transporting mutants to genosha but what we find out in this episode is that these like freighters and boats and, and i i we gotta assume, cargo ships like, basically these car- some of these cargo ships probably are like allies right like kitty's ship seemed pretty safe right but these other cargo ships that we're seeing in this episode are, are ships that are like we're just picking up some extra cash by transporting mutants but we're treating them like shit on board like they're basically human trafficking these mutants yeah right. yeah, yeah 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 completely and they're just taking taking their money and then not giving them beds to sleep in or food to eat, or they're not treating them like human beings. They're just, you know, taking their money and ferrying them to Genosha, and that's it. Right. That's, like, what we're going to learn about in this episode, to the point where some of the crew of these ships are like, why the fuck are we even doing this? Like, you know, it's too dangerous. So, basically, this is the first scene, is that there's, like, a cargo ship that's going along the ocean, and there's two mutants. They're totally made up for the show. They're not actual characters. They're not real. I tried to look up who they were, and I don't even think they're on the IMDb. They are not, which is, like, crazy to me. So, I guess those voice actors don't get credits. But anyway, so this girl... (laughs) This is when I was, like, the episode... The opening of this episode is pretty sad. Um, and this girl is basically like, this is a mistake. Because there's two mutants. They're like hiding on the ship. They're like truly yeah. hiding. They look like they haven't eaten in days. And she's like, this was a mistake. Why didn't we just stay? And the boy's like, we had no choice. At least in Genosha, we'll have the chance to live our own lives. Yeah. Which is basically, that's where we're at at mutants. That they're just leaving the country because there's some Nazi bullshit happening at this point. Yeah. And she's like, what if we don't even make it to Genosha? And he hugs her and he's like, yes, we will. Joke's on her. I know, right? God. <laughs> they don't make it to Genosha. They don't make it. They get they end up in Mojo World, but we're, we don't know that yet. Um, so she hears something and I think she's a psychic or something because she senses that something is coming. Yeah, and her eyes like light up and her and eyes glow. She shoots the eye beam. She cuts a cake. <laughs> And she's like, something's coming and it's massive. And then we just see this black shape towering over them. And we don't know what it is. It's pretty terrifying. We don't know what the fuck it is. I think we see. Oh, we, we see another scene here yeah. where the sailor, a sailor is talking to their captain. Yeah. And the sailor is like, eight of the mutants are sick. We got to turn around. And the captain's like, eh, I don't really give a shit. And the sailor's like. They, they keep on referring to them as freaks, by the way. They're not yeah. calling them human or anything. And the sailor is like, we could have avoided this storm if we hadn't diverted to Genosha. We don't have any business transporting these mutants. And the captain's like, we're raking it in, transporting these freaks. What We want to make money. 
And the sailor is like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. And then they both see something on the radar. Again, it's this this huge black ship that's approaching. Not that we even know it's a ship yet. Yeah. And then the next shot that we see is the boat completely destroyed, right. like smashed oh, to yeah. pieces. And we're like, okay, everybody just died. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, what happened? We don't know what happens really until later on when another scene happens. Or like, oh yeah, that ship. Everybody they floated in sea for like years. I don't know. It was yeah. like something crazy like that. So we don't know what happens. It's the opening credits. And then we go to the X Mansion where Logan's doing some stupid like Ninja Warrior bullshit. And he's like got a blindfold <laughs> on in the danger room. And he's like jumping around and he sniffs the yep. air because he smells something. He turns around and he goes to Claw, who's behind him, who's Kitty. And she's just phasing there. Luckily, it's Kitty. Like, what if he was just okay. stabbing Forge? Like, what are you doing, Logan? And, you know what's really funny is that he's like, I smell Kitty. Better stab her. It's like, Logan, what the fuck? And Kitty is just standing there with her arms crossed and she's giving him a smug look. She just phases through it as he's stabbing her. She's like, really? You're fucking stupid, it's, I actually thought this scene was really good for the two of them, like, personality-wise. I agree. And she I does still have, like, the Kitty Pride persona from X-Men Evolution here, but without the voice, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, and she's like, Bobby said you wanted to see me, and Logan's like, yeah, but not now. And Kitty just kind of shrugs like, are you going to tell me what you wanted or not? It's a funny, it's a funny scene. And Logan's like, fine. Last night, Cerebro got a hit on Nightcrawler's position. And Kitty's like, finally, where's that guy been? And Logan's like, who knows? Right now he's somewhere in the city moving around a lot. So go get Hank to help with the search. And then Kitty just like phases through the floor and she's like, I'd be glad to resume program. And then Logan immediately gets smacked in the face because she like <laughs> resumed the program too quickly for him. And it's it's, it's pretty good. I love Kitty. It was a good scene for them. and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, then we go back to the boat and we see a hooded man jumping around who's obviously Nightcrawler, yes. but we're not supposed to know that. And this is a different boat, by the way, because the previous one got destroyed. So this is a different boat, right. different captain, different cargo ship with equally cruel sailors who hate mutants also. Yeah. Yes, and then there's this, uh, we see Sammy, also known as Squid Boy, getting onto the ship with, with his mom, who also in this version is also a mutant, is a mutant. which is not yeah. what it is in the comic books, but okay. I know. Uh, and Mrs. Per, it's like either Perry or Perry. I think it's Paré, Paré. All right, we'll go with Mrs. Paré. She hands this guy some money and he's looking, he just, he sticks it into his shirt and she's like, are you going to count that shit? And he's like... I will at sea, so you better hope it's all there, which is basically a threat that they can at some point be like, oh, you didn't give me all the money, even though they did, yeah. and just like throw them overboard and treat them like shit. Which or is, extort them for more money if they have any on them. I know. That's what's happening. And she's like, okay, well, whatever. I mean, they have no choice, so they go ahead and get on the boat. Right. And then we see Nightcrawler like bamfing around in the background, yeah. like secretly. Hold on. We we have a quick... Who's on action? So we have to explain who Squid Boy is, also known as Sammy Perry. Very short, but actually a really important character to the X-Men universe. Yes. Um, so he was created by Chuck Austin and Ron Garney, and he has the ability to speak and breathe underwater and has fish-like adaptions, which they utilize in this episode pretty well. They do. So Sammy was a 11-year-old Canadian boy whose mutation made him look like a fish, and his classmates mm-hmm. ridiculed him. So, I mean, this is going to sound really fucked up now, considering how often this happens in real life, but Sammy basically gets a gun, and he's like, I'm going to go and shoot everybody in my class for making fun of me. Oof. Um, and then Professor X and Beast show up and they're like, okay, we're going to roll you in the Institute. And on the way back to the Institute, they had stopped at Cassidy Keep where Sammy saves Juggernaut from drowning in the ocean. And the two of them get a friendship. 
Uh, and because of this, this is when Juggernaut started to reform as a character and started to be a surrogate father to Sammy. Eventually, his mom found out about his relationship with Juggernaut and had Alpha Flight come and bring Sammy home. And then when Sammy goes back to his house, Juggernaut suspects that Mr. Pere had been physically abusing Sammy. So when they go to investigate, they find that Sammy is in his home and he's been like the shit's been beaten out of him because his dad's just beating him for being a mutant, basically. Uh, to which like Juggernaut basically kills the dude, which is, I don't know, crazy. So Alpha Flight had to subdue him because Juggernaut was going crazy. Uh, and then mm-hmm. during the trial that had She-Hulk, when She-Hulk was like also baning Juggernaut during this, and like Mrs. Paree testified on Juggernaut's behalf saying like, yeah, my husband's beating the shit out of us, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, Juggernaut infiltrated the Brotherhood of Mutants as a double agent for the X-Men, and Sammy didn't know that, and he stumbles upon the group outside the grounds, and he thinks that Juggernaut had betrayed the X-Men, not knowing that he was undercover, right. and lashes out at him. And Black Tom Cassidy crushes sammy's body with his plants and kills him and with his last breath sammy tells kane that he hates him for what he's done yeah and which that pretty much fucks up juggernaut and tom Uh, for life i know i know well they've they've resolved stuff i mean they talked about somewhat well i mean they're still talking about it in the current era yeah because black tom costa is like yeah you don't understand i was like on a lot of drugs basically and it's like (laughs) Uh, yeah, and it's like, but yep. it, that grief of Sammy has it still weighs down on Juggernaut, and why Juggernaut has been a anti-hero the past twenty-five years is because of this mm-hmm. character that's in this episode. And it's like, I'm like, we have to talk about Sammy because it's like he's an important character, and also he still matters to current day comics. Like, if people are reading comics now and they're like, "What is Black Tom referring to when he's talking about like the splintering of him and Juggernaut's relationship and stuff?" How long, I'm still waiting for them to get a point crack over they resurrect Sammy because he has not been resurrected yet, mm-hmm. right? But also, like, that's gonna be some high drama when they get to it because oh, Sammy. It I mean, Juggernaut. Juggernaut just recently made it to Krakoa like he's on Krakoa now in comics that like as in like the last week or two mm-hmm. he's working for Nightcrawler's um the spark team which is basically like the new Krakoa police because like Krakoa has like shitty laws and basically are like you can do whatever you want and like just don't kill people and yeah. that's it and like Nightcrawler's like um <laughs> yeah it doesn't really seem like that's working out but yeah you can you can really tell with um tom's whole storyline that they're building up to this slowly as to as to the full reveals of like what will happen which is actually really interesting because i actually the version of black tom cassidy on krakoa is really fucking interesting and i really enjoyed him in a way that i haven't in a very long time and i'm just like oh he's also like not stable still so it's not like sammy's gonna come back to see juggernaut and tell him like going great everything's fine like it's gonna be yeah a problem right. still but like in a weird way right this is what's so great about krakoa generation is that it's really like krakoa respects the whole history so mm-hmm. anyway going back to this episode um basically mrs pare and sammy are looking through like these warehouse crates that are on top of the ship and they hear nightcrawler because they hear him bamf it's not subtle kurt's like bamf 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 <laughs> Like, he's puffing. There's smoke everywhere. We keep on hearing, like, little explosions every two seconds. I know. And Kurt is watching some other mutant who's trying to get on the ship. And this guy's like, you don't have enough money, so go see Senator Kelly, basically. And it's like, 
Jesus Christ. And Kurt's like, wow, this is pretty fucked up. And the other mutant trying to get on is like clearly homeless, like dressed in rags. Like obviously he's just trying to get out of this horrific country that they live in. Yes. And so now the episode's going to start getting wonky because now it's <laughs> Kurt's like sitting there and he decides to have a flashback. And I was like, it does. It wasn't even clear to me. That's what was happening at first. It was like, there wasn't like a flash that showed that we we're going to a flashback. It was just like another scene. And I was like, well, where are we? And then I saw like baby Kurt running through like the streets of like medieval journey. And I was like, wait. Yeah, it's like a really far flashback back to the past where apparently Kurt is a thousand years old and he grew up in medieval times. I was like, wait, where's the ski lodge? What's we're happening? We're back in the ski lodge. And Kurt's being chased through the streets. Somebody's picking up a piece of wood and like throws it. Nobody has any actual weapons. Everybody has like sticks they're just running through the streets with yeah. sticks and throwing sticks and they crawler. haven't invented like, swords why? yet so anyway no. then we go back to the boat <laughs> without like a scene transition and mrs perry is like talking to her crew member she like leaves the cargo bay and she's like hey is there food coming and the guy's like bitch i told you to stay in there you guys pay for passage not meals now get in there and shut up basically yeah it's kind of fucked up and she's kind of like uh well we didn't pack food because we didn't know that you weren't gonna feed us and he's just like i'll fucking kill you if you keep talking and she's yeah, like i stare seriously okay. I, mean, I don't know why this this crew not really smart they're like we're gonna like take a bunch of mutants and hide them on the cargo <laughs> ship and we're not gonna feed them and we're gonna piss them off even though they have superpowers and we don't yeah this is gonna go fine it's like really what i don't know <laughs> okay. okay so now it does cut to the kitchen where they're like there's two cooks two sailors cooking soup now i am gonna point out that they also don't have a lot of food in there so like there is definitely something going no, on with like there's not enough food to feed even their own crew and so they're not willing to share well it's like i don't know there's sort of like a working class on working class violence here you know it's like everybody's everybody's marginalized by this situation that they're right. all in and so they're talking about how they're lucky that they weren't that other ship that got stripped apart and the crew had floated in the water for days and i was like damn how did they yep. live um and then yeah. they turn around and, and they say it was pirates by the way they do they're like Which pirates took over the ship it is pirates <laughs> but whatever yeah, pirates from the mojo verse but yeah pirates sure, of whatever. the caribbean it's like okay but that song is gonna play later it is, that was like when it's like this episode's like really spiraling so anyway so then they turn around <laughs> and they see that their entire table has disappeared all the food that was on it like kurt walked in there and bamfed away the entire table of food into the cargo hold for all the mutants yes okay unsubtle okay. totally unsubtle right and then later <laughs> then like the next scene is him teleporting around the crew the sleeping quarters and stealing their blankets pillows and clothing and i was like yeah and then i like her this is actually a really <laughs> bad idea i know you're trying to help the mutants but like like but you're actually antagonizing people who already hate them yeah and, and you're like, taking not... their shit and then they're like they're gonna figure out where it went because number one you tell yeah you didn't even just teleport the food like why'd you teleport the whole fucking table number one i don't know why he did that i was like like just take yeah, the like food. maybe steal a couple bowls of soup like i don't know i mean what's the problem is really there's not enough of anything to go around right. there's enough for the i know crew I mean, I mean, it's it. like it's like and i understand what he's doing because like it is kurt and as we find out later he can single-handedly take on this whole crew and that's helpful 
Uh, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, dude. Well, he's you're getting like, the mutants in trouble immediately. I was definitely like, you're giving me anxiety because I feel like what happens if you teleport the shit in there and then you're not in the room when they come in and attack these people for taking the food is more I'm at. Which is which is what's about to happen next because all the sailors wake up from getting yeah. all their bedding taken away. Yeah, they go to the captain. They're like, yeah, everything's just disappearing into the smoke. And the captain's like, sounds like the mutants are enjoying their accommodations and stealing our shit. Yeah. This is this way we find out the name of the ship is called Avalon. I don't know if that's like relevant at all. I think it is in the sense that it's relevant to the actual comic books Excalibur that Kurt was in and Avalon yeah. being in that where they go to actual Avalon. But, you know. Yeah, but as it is now, I mean, the title of the episode is Excalibur, but like it is kind of just a subtle nod. No, it's Excalibur. It is Excalibur. I don't know why they spelled it like that. Anyway, it anyway, doesn't matter. So Mrs. Perry finds Sammy on top of the deck and she's like, you can't be up here. They told us not to be up here. And he's like, I don't know. It's kind of nice up here, though. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Uh, and Sammy sees Kurt because Kurt's just like literally upside down next to them for some reason. Yep. And Sammy's like, hey, thank you for doing that for us. And, and then he's like, wait a second. You're fucking Nightcrawler. You're like, you're an X-Men. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like really famous. Okay, hold on. I actually really enjoyed that, that he said that. Cause yeah, it, me too. It established in this universe that the X-Men had existed in the past. Right. Yeah. And they were basically like these queer people who were standing up and fighting against the system. And that's what they were known mm-hmm. for. And I was like, that's yeah. cool because in X-Men, X-Men, the animated series, that was not the case. Nobody knew who the X-Men were. In X-Men Evolution, nobody even knew what mutants were, really. So it's kind of cool to see a later, what could be the future of X-Men Evolution, where they're like, oh, yeah, you were like that freedom fighting group that has been fighting on our behalf. And I was like, I like that. So that was really cool. I like it, too. And it still kind of feels like it could have taken place in the X-Men Evolution universe. Like, the flashbacks with Kirk are a little odd because they don't feel like they take place in any universe (laughs) that's real. (laughs) But, like, this part of it feels real because even on Evolution, Kurt was on TV remember like with the juggernaut episodes and stuff like Kurt was Kurt was getting kind of famous for being the blue guy who saved people and like humans and mutants alike like he was already starting to get famous and it's believable that that arc would have continued for him right and I so I really enjoyed that and so then they have this really great conversation where Sammy's like you know I have the shittiest powers yeah all I can do is like breathe underwater pretty much and Kurt's like you know I used to feel the same way And Sammy's like, but your powers are really cool. And like, I can't really do anything. And Kurt's like, listen, I wish I had your powers to breathe underwater in a leaky boat like this. And I'm like, fair, honestly. Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. And Squid Boy smiles and like looks genuinely comforted. Right. And Kurt tells him to go below deck. And Squid Boy's like thankful that Kurt is on board and like thanks him for the help, basically. It's a cute little moment between them, even though Kurt is also causing significant issues for them, which is also the next scene, which is that Squid Boy tries to go back under board and the sailors are beating the shit out of the mutants and being like, get on deck. You guys stole all of our shit. We're going to beat the shit out of you. And we're so pissed off. So like this is where they're putting Vindaloo up on there. I'll save the the quickie when he, when he actually introduces his powers later. But yeah. But they they approach this little goth girl network yes, who is network. a character who like very briefly existed in the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. And I when I first watched this episode like years and years ago, I was like, why aren't they just using Sage for this? But then I I recognized watching it now. I'm like, no, they they needed children and like she would have been a kid. Yeah. That's the only reason why they didn't use Sage here. Yeah. Uh, and so this little goth girl network is like, I don't know 
who stole this shit and you can go ask somebody else and they're like fine we're gonna kill you so they just push her overboard like that's what happens yeah. and it's like damn also who's that extra real quick uh, so this is network really super quick uh, her real name's Sarah she has cyberpathy and she can mentally communicate and control all forms of machinery computer files and computer programs uh, and all you really need to know about her is that she lived with her mother and sister and she was a very shy and goth girl. Uh, she loved using the computer all the time until the computer started answering her and she was like later controlling a car. So then she kind of joined like the new X-Men near the Grant Morrison run where it was like X-23 and those characters and they had all those different teams. But then she lost her powers after House of M and she was on the bus of depowered mutants that was destroyed by William Stryker and she was murdered on it. So that's her whole backstory sad yeah maybe she'll come back in the krakoa era you never, you never know. know you never know but just so you know i i did think it was like a really interesting choice that they put her in this episode because i'm like i'm like she really didn't do very much in the comic books or existed for a long time she was there for a little bit and then she died they pretty much came up with a a, a bunch of characters who needed the bright power cocktail to help out with the scenario that they end up in exactly exactly and that's what they did here so anyway so then the captain grabs sammy next and mrs perry's like no he can't breathe underwater and i was like yes he can uh and kurt teleports in dropping network back on top of the ship and he's like hello i'm kurt wagner and then he does this whole like thing where he like teleports around just punching the crew in the face and throwing them into each other and it's actually pretty funny it is and then he grabs the captain and he's like moment of your time and captain and disappears and there's like a really long shot of everyone just looking around which was really funny <laughs> it is and they're in the crow's nest by the way they're like way at the top of the ship and he's dangling the captain over the side being like let's be clear yeah You've been paid well to transport these mutants to Genosha. That means you will feed them and care for them. And if you refuse, I will drop you right here. And the captain like pauses the answer and Kurt like loosens his grip a little bit to like drop him a little further. And the captain starts screaming and is like, ah, anything you want, this anything the, you want, I mean, whatever. This, this is what I was talking about earlier where I'm like, okay, these, this crew was like, <laughs> we're going to beat the shit out of these mutants and treat them like shit even though they all have superpowers can like fight back at us at any given moment, honestly. I mean, like Mrs. Perry yeah. reveals like she, she could shoot fucking lasers out of her hands later. And I was like, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> I know it, but I guess, I guess we're meant to believe, and this is sadly believable for human nature that they don't have any self-confidence in their own powers and they don't see themselves in that Including way. Including Dazzler who is here. Why is Dazzler here? Why is she just standing there in the know, background? Ryan. I was so annoyed I by that. Know. It really bothered me <laughs> that Dazzler was here. It is really random. I was like, did they not know who this was? And they or put a- alternately, is this supposed to be like her incorrect backstory on this show where she's going to get kidnapped by the Mojoverse like later? And because this is the first Mojoverse episode. I mean, we never see because the next time we see her, she's performing in Genosha. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, all these mutants are too insecure to defend themselves until a real X-Man shows up and it's Kurt. Right. And he shows them all how to stand up for themselves. Very cute. He comes back and goes, we've come to an understanding. And then after that understanding, <laughs> the episode takes then a left turn and it's like, it becomes a different it episode. Just because it decides to become absolutely bonkers. Like to the point that I was like, I did not like, this is when I was like, okay, this episode has got a strong start. I really like this setup they have here. And now we're just going to throw it in the water and do something else. That is like yeah. totally insane. And I was like, wait, why are we starting a new episode? So suddenly a <laughs> ship shows up. It's not just any ship, a ghost ship shows up. There's yep. like a fucking, um, reaver ricochet, attached to the, ricochet who was invented for this show. She was, and she's like attached to the front of it, like a maiden. And she's like singing. And I'm like, 
what's happening? Why is there a ghost <laughs> ship here? And then like a vortex opens up from the sky and Spiral jumps out of it all characters with the Reavers. I'm like, why the fuck are the Reavers here? What's happening? I, I was like know. literally losing my mind. Apparently the Reavers in this world are from the Mojoverse and they work for Spiral because I, they, sure. I don't know. And so by the way, I... I do enjoy Spiral on the show because whenever Spiral shows up on anything, I, I've always liked Spiral. I think she's a fun character. She is fun, but I don't know why she's but why here. why is she here? I know. And so she's like, all right, we're here for the mutants, but only the good ones. And the rest of them are going to fucking die. And everyone's like, what's <laughs> happening? Then it goes back to the X-Magic. And Kitty and Hank are watching the security footage of Kurt teleporting around on these docks. And he's like waving at the camera. He's like, hello, it's me, Quad Fagner. And Logan's like, what the fuck is he doing? And Beast yeah. is like... Okay, so <laughs> this is what I've gathered, is that these cargo ships have been charging money to sneak mutants to Genosha and beating this shit out of them. Yep. And Logan's like, well, I can't believe Kurt would want to go to Genosha. And Beast is like, calmly like, that's not what's happening. It's <laughs> obvious that Kurt is trying to make sure they don't die. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know. And he's like, also, mysterious pirates have been destroying all of these ships. I'm like, look at the little kitty. You're like, look at each other and I'm like, pirates like what are you what are you even saying and then it quickly goes back and spyro's like pulling out one of those like mechanical eyeballs they have a mojo world and she like throws it out and then it goes over to mojo and mojo's like in another universe like sitting there jerking off watching this on his tv i know and he's like jerking off and he's like he's like oh yes the blue one yeah and i was like what is happening yeah he's like i like the blue one he's <laughs> sexy he'll get ratings i was like losing my mind this is happening so fast by the way because there's still like 12 minutes left of this episode they did eight minutes of like this serious shit and then they like decided to take this left turn and just go way off the rails and i was like yeah we're happened? like okay so normal human bigotry and oppression apparently isn't enough anymore and now we need an <laughs> alien man to kidnap mutants also it would have been fine if they did this in season two i would have been here for it but this is like yes. way too soon for this i was like it's so what? much i don't know it's and so like, much like why not have nightcrawler be a part of a gang of cool rebel pirates and like Nightcrawler's saving all these mutants or whatever. Like, just have that be the plot. I don't care. That can be the whole episode. It's fine. But instead, the Mojoverse is here for no reason. No reason. So Spiral, I don't even know how she's doing this. She's like scanning all these characters. And the Reavers grab Mrs. Parade because they're like, you're really strong and we're going to take you. And the Kurt teleports in. He kicks Spiral then the Reavers start shooting, but none of them can actually, like, shoot well, which is really funny. I don't know if you noticed that. They, like, missed. They shoot, like, a thousand lasers, and Nightcrawler just bamps out of the way of literally all of them. I know. And, like, uses his powers to bamf all the Reavers into the water and, like, grab a gun. Then Kurt's, like, waving the gun around, and he's like, Which Hello. is hilarious, by the way, why for Kurt, Kurt to even have a gun. Have a gun. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. that's so funny, but it is. He's like, yeah, I've got the laser beam. I was like, oh, my God. And then Spiral teleports the Reavers back and Kurt and Spiral are like I don't even know this conversation Kurt's like listen I'm gonna like hit you with my dick and like and Spiral's like not if I take my dick out first and he's like what and I was like why are they <laughs> flirting like I don't know what's happening here like standing there w holding guns at each other and being like whose dick is bigger and Spiral's like 
mine, bitch. And I was like, oh, my God. And Spiral's like, I have 16 arms and 16 dicks. (laughs) (laughs) She's like a Resident Evil character. She just owns a lot of strap-ons, okay? She's got a lot of accoutrement. Listen, she's been reading a lot of fan fiction. Well, technically, she does live in, like, fan fiction world. She does. And, you know, you think Mojoverse doesn't have good sex toys? Like, they got it on lockdown there. Oh, yeah, for real. For real. They have to have, like, an NC-17 channel that makes more money than any yeah. other channels right like know. what is that it's but terrifying anyway so but then, any, anyway then we got to go back to medieval germany really quick well, no, i don't first, know first, why like, i don't well that's because like kirk gets knocked out because i don't even know how this happens but the gun he's holding just like randomly blows out and kirk gets knocked out and i was like wait what i didn't even see what happened why i didn't did write that down because i was like, like i don't know what's going on i'm just gonna assume somebody punched kurt because that didn't make any sense well at least i knew a flashback was happening because there was like a fade out and a fade in and it goes to kurt being beaten in medieval germany but then fucking all the people stop and Xavier like appears and he rolls in in. and he's like he's like hello Kurt I've taken over everybody's mind in this town without their permission but it was for the greater good and I was like okay great Xavier's here fucking to recruit Kurt I don't know how is it like fucking Xavier time traveling and also I don't know if you noticed this but Xavier looked so evil here he was like in shadow and I was like why does he look sinister also the music the music that they're playing here is really spooky it because is. it's like everybody's suddenly frozen around Kurt and he's looking around like, what the fuck is going on? It's and like, then it's like, and then Xavier pulls up and he's like, hello, I am here to help you. And Kurt is like, I don't believe you because this is really fucked up. And Charles is like, you have. <laughs> Listen, I, and then that's the end of the scene that's i'm dying <laughs> it was like this episode i was laughing so hard because i was like rapid firing messaging maddie i'm like what the hell what is happening the, i don't know and the kurt kurt is also like a little boy there so it's like I this know. is how they met and so <laughs> and then like, kurt wakes what? up and he's like in the ship cabin he's like where are we and mrs Perry's like screaming because the mutants have taken them and left all the children on this sinking other ship that spiral has like yeah. blown apart she's like the children are on that ship and like all of them are on the mojo world ship being being kidnapped all the adults have been kidnapped this is the next scene though kurt's like fine i'm just gonna teleport over there so he leaves and spiral sees this and she's like wait what the fuck he's gonna teleport <laughs> back to the ship and i was like what it's did like, you think what? was gonna happen spiral you have teleportation powers too like it's so I funny so then Spiral's like, ricochet, fire. And which, like, ricochet, like, screams and then, like... And, like, turns green and shoots a huge fucking laser beam. <laughs> like, like, out of what? her mouth. Yeah. I was like, what's happening? And it's, like, huge. And it, like, blows apart the other boat. And, like, there's this huge fucking explosion. Yeah. And Kurt appears and he saves the kids. He's, he turns to the three kids because we have Vindaloo, Pixie, and Network. This scene is unintentionally funny. Actually, I think it might be intentionally funny. And he's like, okay... So what are all your powers? Because we need to fix the ship. And that works like, <laughs> we don't have any good powers. And Kurt's like, Kurt's like, listen, you're not useless. A very smart man once told me that mutants aren't cursed, but gifted. And I'm like, well, it wasn't Xavier. Yeah, I don't know who told him that. Um, Maybe Magneto? Magneto would have said something like that. Uh, okay, so who's that X-Men? Vindaloo. Okay, his real name is Venkat. Catragata or yep, whatever. Yep. And I'm just going to read this this two-sentence section they have on Wikipedia for him. Do it. Vindaloo was a later member of the Acolytes. He was first seen during Magneto's scheme to flip Earth's electromagnetic field, blackmail which led to the United Nations signing the island of Genosha over to him. 
Okay. After Genosha's devastation by the Sentinels, Vindalo's survival was in doubt for several years. He eventually resurfaced as one of the Alkalite stragglers being interrogated by the X-Men about Sinister and Exodus's whereabouts after Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, now, it says his powers is... His powers are produces a flammable gel from his yeah. pores that ignites upon contact with the atmosphere, which he can then direct as explosive releases of liquid napalm. That is not the version we see in this episode. Nope. By the this, way, this episode, he just shoots jizz glue out of his hands. I don't know. Also, he's a hippie. Also, I'm pretty sure Vindaloo is probably supposed to be an Indian character in the comics. Yeah. And in this nope it's a white blonde guy and he shoots jizz he kind of <laughs> looks like eye boy a little bit but oh, without, yeah. all, the well, eyes. without all the eyes um he's got yeah. long blonde hair i don't know i don't know why anyway he does they don't introduce him as being like named vindaloo but in the imdb he's named he's also that, like so. stoned which is really funny he's like he's like he's like all i can do is shoot some cum out of my pores and network's <laughs> like and network's all goth and she's like i can like talk to computers i guess and pixie's like i can fly like it's like really <laughs> funny throws off her coat and she's like i have butterfly wings <laughs> she's like i i don't know what's what's her name from uh she-ra the little one that turns out to be in the new in the new one that's like flutter fly whatever the one that has the, the butterfly character that turns out to be flutterina flutterina thank you oh my god Anyway, so they're standing there and they also show Shatter. There's also a really funny line where Nightcrawler just pauses for a while and he's like, good. Uh, <laughs> and you can tell that he's standing there like, I literally don't know how to make these three powers into anything useful at all. <laughs> even though I just told these three kids that everyone is blessed and everyone has a use in life. And he's like, what am I going to do with this cum boy? Like, okay, Nightcrawler, think, think. It's so funny. They also they also have Shatter here. We're not going to do a He's spot. useful as hell. Uh, yeah, but also we're not doing a spotlight on him because he comes back in the gifted, so don't worry about that. And um, in this, he can't speak and he just blows shit up. Yeah, so Kurt turns around. It's like, okay, so all your powers are kind of shitty, so it's like the mutant age is the comic book. <laughs> But then we get a montage of them using the powers, actually. Suddenly, it's like playing Working for the Weekend. It's like, da-da, da-da. Everybody's watching to see what you will do. Yeah, I mean, that's what's happening. And Squid Boy's like carrying the other end of a huge hose down underwater. And on the other end up on deck... Cum boy is shooting cum into it. <laughs> Squid Boy puts, screaming. puts all the gluey, sticky cum around the holes in the boat underwater. And then Nightcrawler bamps down there with this piece of metal that Shatter broke off of a thing for him and glues it to the side of the boat. Because he shattered it. Yeah. And like that works somehow. Okay. And then there's this shot of Nightcrawler teleporting water out i didn't of the even boat. know we could fucking do this i didn't this. know we could do that i didn't know we could do that. <laughs> i was like i like how we both are happening? like wait a minute how how does he decide how much water to take with him like i had yeah. a lot of questions about this i don't know and then like networks talking to the computer to make the boat work that again. made sense to me that was perfect but then then pixie hanging up a flag i was like that's not anything that's not a that's not I know, important she, it's like <laughs> It's like they have truly become a gay cruise ship now, and they're like, we're gay 
butt pirates. And I was like, okay. And then the music starts playing. It starts going. I mean, it's not for, that's not that song, but it sounds like it. It's like doing that. It's like doing like, now we're doing pirate music. Pirates. And Spiral's seeing this. And Kurt's like literally on the. Okay. He stole a cutlass off of a wall display and he's now carrying a cutlass and standing on the foot of the boat with the cutlass. And Spiral's just standing there. She's like, what the fuck is happening over there? I like to imagine Spiral watched all of this like literally all of this happened and she's just like what the fuck are they doing right okay, now but like i think it was supposed to because later on mojo's clapping because he's enjoying all this shit so i yeah, think he likes he, the I show think mojo was like no this is good don't stop it yes it's like below it's what is it below deck is that the name of the reality tv show that's um all on the sure or it's like survivor i mean i don't know what the fuck it is it's it's a weird ass show so uh spirals then tells ricochet to kill the shit out of the boat she's like all right enough of this just kill everyone uh, and then the reavers are like which by the way she says this and the reavers are just like running around in the background flailing i don't know why that was there and like I don't there's either. so much time spent with the reavers just running around in the background i'm like why do we spend time animating this were we killing time like what's happening it's like why are they killing time when the episode itself already has six plots i i don't know <laughs> and then and then they shoot at kurt's ship and kurt's like oh wait they're going to attack us i was like really kurt what were you expecting it's like why did they take 20 minutes to fix the entire ship and then they're like really surprised that they're being attacked again did you notice that like spiral ship now crawls out of the water like a fucking bug and i was like what is happening truly what is happening i mean i guess it's because ricochet is like part of the boat like she literally is the boat so it's also a transformer because she's a reaver and the reavers are cyborgs yeah you know what that's true she's actually a decepticon that's what she is she kind of is a decepticon also there is specifically a shot cutaway here of mojo watching this on his tvs and like laughing yeah he's like clapping he's like this is great performances on my twitch channel and i'm like okay then the reavers start shooting at nightcrawler and he bamps around like six thousand times okay there's like one part where here where kurt grabs a reaver's arm and aims it at the other reaver's dick and shoots it and i laughed really hard i was like he just shot that guy in the crotch i don't know why that happened oh here's a note for me that says i can't even keep track of what the fuck is happening anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a really long fight scene and then it culminates in in all the reavers dying and Kurt and Spiral sword fighting for like 10 minutes. This is the point where I was like, I don't know how we got here. I just think about how we started reviewing this episode and like the plot we were telling and what I'm describing now is just so wild like i'm like how did we get here how did we Kurt went from like saving mutants in circumstances that make sense according to the show we've seen so far to now sword fighting with an interdimensional cyborg (laughs) (laughs) yeah because they start having a parallel duel and it's like full on in the pirates of caribbean music and like jack sparrow sitting there like saying one-liners to each other like dun 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 and she's like you have to come to my master's world and fight in our games and he's like what what games i'll never do that i'll never go with you i just want to point out because we're making all these pirates of the caribbean jokes that again in classic mutant ages fashion our show is just lining up with the real world because we've been in I like know. the the six week johnny depp amber i, Heard I don't want to talk that. about it i don't i don't pay attention to any of it but just so we have that mark and point of time of like where we are in the world yeah if you're listening far in the future we have to hear about johnny depp constantly in our current reality although you can see pirates of caribbean the ride on my youtube channel if you want to see that that's fun <laughs> it's great because when we do that little dip again because katie went on it willingly and you know how she is about drops she's like i'm like the drop's fine she's like no it isn't and she's like screams the whole time and i'm like oh my god anyway so <laughs> back to this show 
uh, which is not a ride at Disney World yet. It should be. Yeah, it's skip- about that crazy, honestly. This should be a ride. Sparrow's still fighting Kurt, and he's like, this is considered an honor to be on Mojo's show. And Squidward yeah. is watching this, and he jumps into the water, and his mom's like, don't! What are you doing? Why are you in the water? And he's like, I'm a fucking squid, mom. Deal with it. And then he goes into the pirate ship, and he frees the other mutants, because, like, Kurt's not. I don't know what Kurt's doing. He's busy having sword, sword fights. Fighting. Yeah, and so... This is when we find out that Mrs. Puri has these powers where she can like shoot laser beams out of her hands. And I was like, oh, okay. And then Kurt and Spiral are trying to battle each other. And there's like a moment where Spiral tries to like shank Kurt in slow motion. And he kind of does like a slow motion backflip. And then Spiral, I, I don't know what the, I can't remember. My notes make no sense here. They say Spiral, grow, I wrote, Spiral grows a cock. I mean a sword. I don't know what happened. Did she like manifest a sword or something? And I just don't remember. Yeah, she manifests a huge broadsword out of nowhere because he stole all of her swords. Like all of them. Uh, he okay. disarmed That's her. That's right. Okay. okay, but then he does this really stupid thing. I don't know if you wrote this down, but he leaps back backwards while bamfing and hits her from behind <laughs> yeah i thought that was okay funny. but he is facing backwards while he's hitting her i don't know how to describe this but it looks so <laughs> stupid it's like kurt bamfs backwards and then hits her in the butt with his butt it is x-men evolution nightcrawler where it's like he is not that good at what he does yet I don't know. It's really yeah, funny. It's honestly hilarious. Now the mutants are on Kurt's ship. And he's like, tell your master to shop for gladiators elsewhere because you're going to die. He 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 he. So once when all the other mutants are on the ship, Spiral then grabs Sammy and has the actual line. She goes, drop your weapons. Oh, we're having sushi. And I'm like, did you really just say yeah. that? She's like, I'm going to eat this squid child in front of you. <laughs> Raw. I was like, okay. So Kurt drops multiple swords because he's holding like three now. Yeah, because he took all of her swords. Right. So he drops them all. And then he teleports over to save Sammy and rips him out of Spiral's arms. And then like literally gets rips away. off her arms by bamfing okay. away. Yeah. And then there's like this brutal scene where he like slowly rips off all of her arms one by one. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, dude. So first he rips off all of her extra mechanical arms. It's and then he has brutal. this fucked up line where he's like, be careful. You have no more mechanical arms to lose. Basically saying, I'm about to rip off your two human arms. I was like, Jesus <laughs> and, she's, and then she's like, okay, fine bye and portals away and that's the end of their fight she's like this isn't over bitch and then she leaves and then the blackbird shows up because why not uh spiral's ship <laughs> the is sinking end, the blackbird finally shows up spiral's ship is sinking in the background kitty runs out and she gives her kurt a hug i felt like this was very much evolution kitty and it kurt was reuniting. adorable i yeah. really felt that way and Logan's like, great, now we can fuck. And so, like, they run over, and Beast immediately is like, hey, Kurt, a lot has happened while you're gone. I'm dating Logan now, sorry. Like, Beast actually immediately steps between the two of them, like, while they're touching each other. And he's like, excuse me, Kurt, a lot's happened while you were gone. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and then I Kurt kind of, like, looks at Beast and Logan, and he's like, uh, I don't need to interfere with you two. Um, I'm going to stick with this pirate situation that I'm doing right now, because it's a lot more fun. And Kitty's, like, really disappointed at first. She's like, Kurt, we've been looking looking all over for you you're not gonna come with us and logan's like no it's okay i get it yeah and beast <laughs> is like wiping his brow because the competition to fuck logan is not there and he's like oh it's good i know he's like thank god <laughs> i don't know but also i i interpreted this scene as kurt's like no i want to make sure these mutants are getting to genosha safely because clearly yeah. like they're not because either the people that are transporting them are just gonna kill them or like I don't know, interdimensional pirate aliens are going to show up and try and put them on TV. So I should probably just see what this is going on. And then 
they leave they like they, they're like okay goodbye logan and then we have one more seed and spiral comes back and she's like i failed emoji's like no i want more x-men <laughs> mutant vision and i was like okay uh the end yeah and so i guess i guess this is why we have another mojo verse episode later which you remember happening where he's gonna come back again oh, well i want i like that episode because it's one where wanda and kirk get trapped in the in the um mojo verse and i love that because i love i ship kurt and wanda all the time i i'm here for it well but also clearly mojo now knows who kurt is this is their introduction yeah and this is like this is like the kurt and wanda who had the relationship and friendship that they had sort of in x-men evolution so it's fun but it's kind of funny because there's like a line in there somewhere wanda's like she's like i can't believe we're on a tv show and kurt's like "Mm, i don't know wanda you do this shit all the time uh Anyway, so this uh, episode is like it is bonkers, and I like I can't, I was gonna give it a three out of five, but it's like after reviewing it, I'm like it's really like a two out of five. It's fun it to might watch. Be a two. It's I, funny to watch, but it is it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like I know. there's no weight here whatsoever. It's just random shit happening well it starts out with a lot of weight and it's like wow even homeless mutants want to go to genosha but they can't manage to afford to and like everybody's being called a freak and nightcrawlers out here working alone as a solo vigilante trying to keep mutants fed and clothed it's really dark and like you're like oh shit but then like hold on now we have to do pirates of the caribbean with a bunch of interdimensional pirates that are coming from another universe that's a reality tv show full of aliens and then meanwhile we're gonna do like 80s montages and and also kurt Kurt's fucking backstory when you do all these flashbacks they're like now we're in medieval Germany that now Xavier shares Xavier the villain I'm like well the answer is yes but (laughs) you know what I mean I it's like it's just too much it is too much I didn't need the flashbacks at all quite frankly um and I also really didn't need Mojo I didn't need the episode (laughs) at all it was a kind of poor introduction to Kurt. It would have been fine if they did an episode that was just them trying to transport the mutants to Genosha and Kurt fighting off with the captain who honestly could have been like strong enough that he was torturing them. And like, even yeah. it would have given Kurt a problem. I would have liked that. I think that would have yeah. been a much more interesting story. But instead, they had to do all this shit with the Mojoverse, which don't get me wrong. I'm here for a good Mojoverse story. I enjoy those when they happen. But like, you can't just drop the Mojoverse into something without like this is too we're talking like episode six of a brand new show it does not it's way too fucking soon for this it's like it's like if you tried to put arcade in it's like now you're in the murder world like nobody like what we uh, there's no time to explain this like i Mm -hmm. you have to set up the parameters of the universe before you can start doing shit like this where there's like a fan fiction tv world that also exists you know what i mean i do because mojo versus itself supposed to be a commentary on the idea of the x-men being famous and their stories and everybody following them but in this version of the world the x-men have been disappeared for so long and like also the viewer isn't even used to the fact that this is a tv show yet so doing a parody within the show about tv shows is not even funny yet it's like why we just got here you know what i mean like you can't yeah. do a parody of the show we're watching when we literally just started the show but like, that's what i mean I'm what like, we doing? haven't even established what the show is completely yet like we have some basis to the world but like like I said, like we haven't even got it to know show. We don't even know how the society works over there. We don't know how Mr. Sinister works with all of his marauders and what the shit he's doing. Like we don't even fully understand what's happening in the future because like Xavier's still sending those messages. Like there's a lot of information going on here. And this is just honestly another moving part that 
is like DLC content basically that like you don't need to download and play, but for some reason <laughs> we're being forced to like download this and play it, you know? Yeah. And like honestly, if they didn't think that the sailors were scary enough on their own, add the Sentinels back in. Have a plot line where Senator Kelly is trying to get Newtons to stop going to Genosha because he needs them to like be studied in the Sentinel. Okay. How lab. cool Okay, I wouldn't say this is cool, but I think it'd be a really more interesting story if another ship did show up that wasn't pirates but like had like another anti group anti Or the Reavers. You can even keep the Reavers because the Reavers are cyborgs who hate mutants. I was well, I was about to say something about the purifiers, but I actually think it would be a much more interesting story if like these boats that were ki- transporting mutants were actually friends of humanity and they were like mm-hmm. offering to help them but not transporting them and just killing or torturing them instead because of the friends of humanity that is a way scarier premise that actually fits in this universe yeah you know like i feel like that would have made more sense than spiral and like as i said i love mojo stuff i love spiral Spiral's a great character but we cannot do this yet it is too fucking soon yeah it's kind of funny because like as the episode derails it just like fully pushes into that and they're like sure let's also do like medieval germany here also just in random scenes and xavier's in medieval germany with kurt and i was like what the hell is happening i don't know i mean it's like they wanted it to be a nightcrawler spotlight episode but like it's as though it was written by someone who doesn't really care about nightcrawler that much and is like we gotta add in spiral because this just isn't interesting and it's like what why it's it's funny because like i enjoy all the parts with nightcrawler on this episode he's like arguably the best piece of this episode because like who doesn't enjoy pirate kurt you know, like, yeah. that's a from version of Kurt. Even with a cutlass, he's adorable. Like, you can still have him fighting with a cutlass or whatever. Yeah. That would have been fine. It's cute. It is. I like it. It is. But okay, I just don't understand why Spiral's here. So next week's episode is entitled Hulk versus Wolverine oh, or something. Oh, God. And you have never seen this episode before because you watched the first half and hated it, right? I was, I well, I mean, again, I watched a lot of this when it was on YouTube clips back in the day. And then I watched right. some episodes when it was like on Hulu for a little bit. And um, I skipped over it because I was like, at the time, I was like, I don't give a shit about Hulk. It was like 2012. Although I am going to give it, I'm not, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because the MCU has sold me on Hulk. I do like him now as a character. I feel like I did not give a shit about him before Mark Ruffalo. So, And also this is pre-Mark Ruffalo when this was made. So we'll kind of have to see what version of Hulk it is. But also they made a movie version, a full length movie version of this episode, right? That was like a prequel to Wolverine and the X-Men? Yes. And so there, I think, I think it's actually a two part movie. That's like two movies in one. I think it's like Deadpool versus Logan and also Hulk versus Logan, but you're right. There is like, Oh, I think I've seen the Deadpool one. Yeah. So when, when we finish up this series, we'll watch those two before we hop onto the next live action movie, but it's entirely possible. I've seen both of those now that I think probably. about it. I'm, I am looking forward to it because X-Men content that's bad is something that we'll still enjoy in the long run. Because which I mean, we've still watched it'll the be Fox fun, films, you know, right? Yeah. Like there's x-men in it although oh my god i i'm so ready for the x-men in the mcu because i cannot do any more of these fox ones we still have like three more to go on this show and they're like the three worst ones no we have like five more well if you include deadpool yeah we have deadpool deadpool's fun anyway so that's this do we want to do another who's that x-men yeah let's do it all right who's that x-men Okay, so this is a little longer, but uh, we have Pixie this week, and she has not appeared in any other X-Men TV show. I'm doing this spotlight now with the assumption that we won't get to her for a long time, and by the time they reintroduce her into like a new TV show, which is likely to happen, like it's going to be years from now, so we're just going to do it. 
Uh, so her real name is Megan Gwynn. It's interesting that she's in this episode because like she doesn't do much, even though she is a fan favorite, basically. I think that's why she's in the episode, but she's mm-hmm. actually got like a pretty intensive backstory. So she is flight via her wings. That's kind of like her main thing and like mental hallucination with her pixie dust. And then eventually has like magic manipulation and wields a soul dagger. Her first appearance was a new X-Men Academy X number five in 2004. Megan is a Welsh teenager from a mining town called Abergilid. It's a made-up town. That's all I remember. And her father supposedly died in a mine, which made her be scared of mines. So she left Wales. But as we find out later in this piece, she later discovers that that wasn't really for her father, but Mastermind. And it actually turns out like Mastermind's her dad and her, you know, his two daughters are her half sisters pretty much. I like that bit. They don't play enough into that. So after unrolling at the X-Mansion, Pixie is assigned to be part of the Paragon's training under Wolfsbane, which is like one of the new X-Men groups. Yep. And during this time, she develops a crush on Cyclops, which is a really weird character to have a crush on. But, you know, to each their own. Maybe <laughs> maybe people are into visors and just only wearing visors. <laughs> Sometimes that floats Gene and Logan's boat, so I'm like, who's to judge? Pixie retains her powers after M-Day, but her team dissolves due to so many mutants without powers. And Pixie participates in Emma's battle royale to see who can join the X-Men, but she does not make the team. Uh, Later, Pixie, along with some of the other X-Students, are being told a ghost story by Blindfold, which turns out to not be a fictional story, but rather a prophecy about Pixie. And they are sucked into limbo where they are attacked by demons. Blindfold warns Pixie not to fall to darkness. Pixie kills a bunch of demons with their powers. Uh, Nasir asks that they bring Pixie to her, recognizing their souls, the most innocent of the group, and therefore the most powerful in limbo. Pixie then submits to Magic's request to use her soul to create a soul sword and bloodstones, but is freed from the process by a null. His intervention saves her, but the spell is unfinished, resulting in the creation of her soul dagger, which is like her main weapon. Magic then explains that the soul dagger is actually a portion of Pixie's own soul, and that black magic has filled the hole that's been left behind in Pixie's soul. Uh, leaving Pixie no longer as completely innocent. Magic then teaches Pixie teleportation, some other like magic spells, and teleports herself to Belasco to stop him from torturing the other students. Pixie ultimately saves them and ultimately kills Belasco by stabbing him with the soul dagger. Magic wants to use more of Pixie's soul to create more bloodstones and gain more power, but Magic becomes disgusted with herself when Colossus calls her out because he's like, dude, you're just manipulating this like child to giving you more power, which is extremely fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Magic's like, yeah, you're totally right. Uh, Magic sends Pixie and the others back to the Institute and seals the entrances to Limbo. And Pixie and Anul are made official members of the new X-Men after all that bullshit. After the first new mutant appears after M-Day, Pixie joins X-23 and a bunch of other students attacking Washington's DC's base of purifiers. They are confronted by Lady Deathstrike and the Reavers. Pixie is in a panic and cannot teleport them until she can concentrate and Richter helps her do that. And it makes her cast sort of like this blind teleportation spell, which scatters them like all over the fucking US until Iceman has to go and find them all. Predator X later attacks the Institute Pixie realizes that X-23 has killed that type of creature before and attempts to teleport the Predator to X-23's location, but accidentally drops it in the middle of the fight with the X-Men and the Marauders on Weir Island, where they're all fighting over hope. During this fight, Pixie is brutally beaten by an Omega Sentinel that is possessed by Malice, uh, who in the comic books, I don't know if you read that comic out, Malice has a body now. I forget, I forget how that happened, but it happened in Krakoa. Hmm. Uh, it's with Legion. There's like this whole thing with like Legion. Oh, sure. Okay. I don't know if I've read that yet. It's pretty good. It's um, I'll have to give you the issues. It's like it's what led up to the new Kurt Police series that's 
going on. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Pixie stabs the Omega Sentinel with her soul dagger, which exercises malice from its body. Um, after Messiah Complex, Pixie returns home to find that the demon Nigrai are plaguing her town and kidnapping people to feed Kirok the Damned. Pixie calls the X-Men to fight them, and she faces her fear of the mines in order to defeat the demons. Uh, she then rejoins the X-Men in France, San Francisco. Uh, later, leaving one of Dazzler's gigs, Pixie is ambushed by a group of anti-mutant men who call themselves the Hellfire Cult, and they beat the shit out of her. Uh, she manages to get back to the X-Men base, where she's like brutally wounded, uh, and the whole attack makes her question whether she wants to continue being part of the X-Men. But after talking to Wolverine, she decides to stay and assist them against Empath, whose powers have grown out of control. Pixie actually defeats Empath by stabbing him in the head with a soul dagger, leaving him blind and his powers weakens. And after that, Pixie's like, you know what? I like being an X-Men and like a really thick Welsh accent that I can't do. <laughs> I don't know if you could do Welsh. If you can, maybe you can no, do the... No, absolutely right. not. Never mind. Okay. We just sound like our bad banshee leprechaun again. I know. I mean, all, the best I can do is try to imitate Gwen Cooper from Torchwood. Uh, anyway, so Pixie then begins to reveal her anger and bitterness over the trauma for Limbo and her incomplete soul. Kurt figures out this personality change is triggered by the use of the soul dagger. So whenever she uses it, she gets depressed and like kind of like mad. Mm. Uh, this causes Pixie to summon it and she goes evil, stabbing Kurt in the chest, which reveals the soul sword that had been like housed inside of Kurt's body, which I believe we talked about in the Manda Sefton uh, spotlight. Yeah. Magic senses this and teleports to Earth to reclaim the soul sword. And there's like this whole fight between Magic and Pixie and magic defeats pixie and regains the soul sword uh the x-men th then go back to limbo through pixie's teleportation spell belasco's daughter witchfire defeats magic and adds pixie's bloodstone to her amulet causing pixie to lose control and teleport herself to belasco's castle witchfire forces her to become her new apprentice and starts forging the final bloodstone out of pixie's soul causing her to turn into a full-on demon witchfire uses this stone to summon the elder gods to her aid pixie is forced to work with magic to fight witchfire magic strips witchfire of her amulets containing the bloodstones magic and pixie use their blades to destroy the amulets and witchfire escapes into the elder gods dimension so pixie at this point is like magic where she's just this mutant that's also like a magical mutant that exists and like fights magical battles all right i mean she's like like basically a fairy right yeah so, yeah 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 pixie is upset about losing more of her soul and attempts to s attack magic with the soul dagger but the glowing stone inside of its blade indicates the additional stolen piece of her own soul is still inside there so pixie leaves in tears losing even more of her soul uh pixie returns to the x-men where she remains a mainstay member for many many years i didn't write all the different things and missions she went on because i don't feel like it's relevant to her specifically mm -hmm. pixie is then put under a spell alongside her other teenage teammates where they think they are ordinary high school girls this illusion begins to fade and pixie fights herself in a confrontation with saturn who i think you must know who that character is if you're reading excalibur at this point yeah 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 Saturn, by the way, needs to get it on with Psylocke. That just needs to happen. Betsy and her just need to fuck. Jesus. Uh, meanwhile, a woman arrives on Utopia claiming to be her mother. This is also one to reveal that Mastermind is Pixie's father. Lady Mastermind and Martinic are her half-sisters. Uh, during X-Men Second Coming, Bastion starts plotting to take out the X-Men's teleporters. When Ariel is shot down, Pixie requests to take her place, but is refused by Cyclops. Pixie is then put on a rescue team to get Magic back from Limbo, where she faces Nastier, who tries to convince her to kill Magic in exchange for her soul. And Pixie turns on him, frees Magic, and they finally come to understand each other. Because, I mean, like, they're both characters that are, like, extremely fucked up by, like, this these manipulative 
demon beings from this limbo world. Mm-hmm. Limbo's no good. Don't go to limbo. Uh, after second coming, Pixie goes on a holiday to relax. Magic comes to request her help in a personal war, but Pixie says no, claiming that she was done helping Magic. Uh, she is then ambushed by Project Purgatory, who steals her soul dagger. After Project Purgatory captures the new mutants, they used Magic's soul sword to separate the bloodstone from Pixie's soul dagger. Pixie is then returned to Utopia, where she recovers from her wounds, and the X-Men battle the Elder Gods. After the Elder Gods and Project Purgatory are defeated, Magic brings Pixie a golden box containing the soul dagger and her bloodstones. So finally, Pixie has all her pieces to her fucking soul back in one place. Uh, during Schism, Pixie is teleporting various X-Men teams around the world until a fight injures her hands, and they're in too much pain to concentrate on teleporting, but still stands with the X-Men and taking on the giant sentinel that attack Utopia. This is interesting because I guess if she's in too much pain... Uh, she can't use her teleportation spells or her powers, which makes sense that like I mm-hmm. they revisit frequently the physical trauma on her body, making it giving her like the inability to move forward with her powers, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Pixie then approaches Velocidad. Yes, that's the character's name to help with her medication. And they start fucking uh, hope catches them because hope had a crush on him also and storms out. Uh, hope later approaches her and begs Pixie to join her team because they need a teleporter. Hope and Pixie teleport the group to Pakistan to locate a new mutant where they are ambushed. Pixie ends up captured and after being rescued, teleports a team and an amnesiac Sebastian Shaw back to Utopia. Pixie then graduates the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning and becomes an official X-Men team member, which doesn't make any sense to me because I feel like she joins the X-Men like three other times before that. Uh, And then Pixie is now on Krakoa where she joins Kurt's new police team that is essentially known as The Spark and works with him to implement rules in Krakoa to control things a little bit there. Yeah, so it's not always constant party animal land like it has been. Yeah, I mean, like, Krakoa is great, but, I mean, there does need to be some sort of order to it, which I guess, like, the order is, like, the council sitting around in a circle fighting each other and then not telling anybody about it. They're figuring it out. They're trying to figure out how to, how a country should work. Okay, 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 okay. So this is what you want to read. So, um... There's two miniseries and a one-shot that involves Pixie and Kurt that's in the Krakow era. You can write this down, Maddie, later for when you're reading things on Marvel Unlimited. There is the miniseries Way of X, which is Legion, Pixie, mm-hmm. Stacy X, and Kurt, and I think Dr. Nemesis all sort of working together to sort of... Where, the, where Kurt's like questioning religion and what religion yeah. means on Krakoa, and also like what it means to not have any laws and those five characters come together and sort of build that. And then there's a follow-up called X-Men, the onslaught revelation because onslaught basically comes back and like it's Legion being like, yeah, because Xavier's so fucking stupid with the shit and there's no rules like onslaught and you can just take control of people. So like we need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then this is acts together as a prologue for Legion of X, which is new as of in like the past two weeks and Pixie is part of those teams. So I definitely recommend it. There, it's good stuff. Okay. It's nice to see a team up of Kurt and Legion like that. It's also just been fun to see some cool like Proteus stories and stuff and like all the Scarlet Witch stuff. Like basically to have these characters who manipulate reality and have been villainized in the past to have writers trying to figure out how to make that work. I absolutely loved. OK, the end of Trial of Magneto was really cool when they were like they like I never even thought about this before, but it was like turns out that like the children of like magneto xavier and moira mctaggart all have like the same power where they can just change reality it's like mm-hmm. it's like proteus scarlet witch and legion all just standing there and i was yeah. like i fucking love spooky, that huh right they're in a weird threesome <laughs> i know 
but like it makes me want like a new comic that's the three of them in the future and like yeah i don't know like how would that work i think it'd be really i don't cool. know but they're interesting characters and i feel like um there have been comics that have kind of struggled to deal with their powers and it's fun to see modern day writers trying to figure that out as well it's a fun yeah, riddle i agree i agree so Good shit. So that's Pixie, everybody. Still Yay. somehow we are under the 115 mark, which I'm pretty impressed with. We, I feel like we've covered so much information in the past hour and 15 minutes. We have. So I guess we have to cover who's gay. The X-Men are a Carter's still gay. There's that little moment at the end with Beast that it feels like the three of them are in a very brief hair's breadth of a love triangle. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else in this episode. Really that I mean, close. I think I just think Spiral is gay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like not with anyone specifically fanfiction wise yeah. in this, but she just seems gay. I don't mm-hmm. know. Does that count? Yeah, sure. I'll okay, count it. We'll count it. But I, I, I don't know if I'm going to give it the top prize. There's also Vindaloo who has like the gayest power ever. <laughs> he does. The poor child. Um, there's also Logan being like really mad at the idea of Kurt going to Genosha. Just like being too emotionally invested in everything that's happening. I don't He's know. He's like, Kurt, you got, you got to stay here with me. Kurt, Kurt, stay and here. And Kurt is like, no, I'm going to go do other stuff. Bye. This is a weird episode. In pretty much every possible way. I don't even know how to evaluate it according to our normal terms, honestly. Even giving it a score felt weird. I mean, we already did that. Yeah, I just mean, like, it's... Who knows? I don't know. People are gay, I guess. Who can say? Um, who can say? I'm gay. Logan's gay. Kurt's gay. Beast's gay. Spiral's gay. Vindaloo's gay. The X-Men are gay. Magneto's not really... Magneto was shown in the previously on for a second. He's gay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about <laughs> yeah, <right>. it. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, Xavier's in a flashback. He's gay. Yeah, he's gay uh, as well. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I think we did. I think we covered it. If we want to, I mean, like we could say all the the Reavers were gay. Yeah, the uh, Reavers were gay. The kids are gay. Some of them haven't figured it out yet, but they're gay. The boats are gay. The ghost ship's super gay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, plug section, I guess. I guess so. But Pluggy's not. He's locked in the air room. So like, we're not dealing with his bullshit today. That was too much. Last time Pluggy came in, he was just screaming, and I'm like, Pluggy, man, why? Why, why are you here? man? Why aren't you like hanging out with Mister Sinister? Yeah. Like, isn't that your thing? Go over there. Bother him. Mister Sinister's got so much going on these days, though. You know, it's we're finally in like Mister Sinister's era. I feel like people know now how cool he is thanks to comic books with him being really hilarious these days. You know, it's okay, not just oh, us wait. anymore. Did you see that thing that I sent you in Slack that was like from one of the X Men '92 comics that was a track listing it was like a mixtape yes. created by boom boom and people were sharing kid. that in the mutant ages discord this is a perfect transition somebody shared it in the mutant ages discord Wait, but i'm saying this because mr sinister had a song on there that was uh creep by radiohead and then yep. he had crossed it out on the tape to write i'm too sexy and he says signed it mr <laughs> sinister i love it now that see that's mr sinister for you he is perfect in every way so let's say that you wanted to join that discord server that we were talking about the mutant ages one that is you could go to mutantages.com you could open up that that little bar on the right hand side 
bar sinister, if you will, and you would find a link to our Discord server. You'd also find our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. I love that Mr. Sinister has a bar. I know. He's a bar that he like gossips at, which is really funny. I know. I kind of missed the blind items, the sinister secrets. I want those to come back. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that will come back. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have a voicemail inbox. It's 1-508-319-1668. And of course, we have a P.O. box where you can send us physical mail. P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. Those are the ways you can contact us. Also, we're on every form of social media there is. We're the Mutant Ages on all of them. I'm at Minnie Myers. Ryan, how about you? I'm at Ryan Pajella on Twitter and Ryan.Pajella on Instagram. And if you want to watch us unbox things that you sent to our PO box, you can go to our YouTube channel that is The Mutant Ages, where we all we post those things. We do live streams where we read old X-Men uh Screenplays Scripts. that were not produced. Sometimes I take clips from the show, match up with the cartoons. Most importantly, we play through every X-Men game over there. Yeah. I also have a YouTube channel that is dedicated to adventure and theme parks. And since I keep bringing up Kingdom Hearts, I am playing Kingdom Hearts on my Twitch right now. So if you want to come hang out with some of the other listeners, which has been happening pretty frequently, there's been listeners from the Discord popping over on Twitch and we just like shoot the shit about like x-men stuff while like riku and sora scream in the background you know how it goes <laughs> yeah kingdom hearts is basically like the extended universe of the mutant ages kingdom hearts is basically mutant ages canon um so i guess we talk about money next yeah sure why not okay uh so there are all kinds of ways you can financially support us we have a store where we sell uh merch with the logo as well as bishop jumping out of the bushes saying time travel is real we also have a patreon patreon.com slash the mutant ages we do bonus episodes over there we got so many. We just today recorded a Batman episode about Batman 2022 and a Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers episode. So those will be up at some point. We put out those new apps on Thursdays and uh, there's a huge backlog there. I think I already said that, but it's important. We have a bunch of other tiers you can join with different rewards and our highest tier Patreon supporters. Get a shout out on the show. Hello to Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S. Joined me on my butt pirate crew where we will <laughs> fight against ghost ships and live forever. And we'll have 80s montages. And montages <laughs> in the 1680s. Like, oh my God. Medieval montages. Well, thank you for being our top tier patron supporters. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. Seriously, thank you. Um, and those of you who aren't able to afford to back the show we understand we've all been there but please leave us a review on apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to the show that has a review option or maybe maybe you already left us a review maybe you already did that hey share the show with your friends you know put it on your personal social media tell everybody you like the show share an app you like you know just that that helps too word of mouth keep keep the the love going that helps us out a whole lot uh did we mention the store i think we mentioned the store right we did mention the store we did well, mention the store, store but hey it's a store it's a store and it's, <laughs> it's there it's a store and next week we'll be back to watch hulk faces wolverine i i, I like I there's a long just, dry, like a well, long because pause. i was thinking about it and i'm like okay we've just introduced mojo verse we didn't need to do that and now we're introducing hulk why i can't <laughs> wait to find out why on earth we're introducing yet another antagonist and it's the, a fucking Avengers character. Literally, what is this show? What has happened to it? I don't know. It's I absolutely don't know. absurd. Hulk versus Wolverine. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. 
We'll see you next time. See you next time. Dun 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 dun